Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 222. Have you requested your seven-day free version of the Positive Productivity Planner yet? If not, I want to encourage you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP and pick up your copy today. This free version of the planner is going to help get you on track of leading a more positive and productive personal and professional life. Again, you can get your copy at thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton. Today, I am thrilled to introduce our guest, Alexandra Harbushka. Oh my Yay. gosh, please tell me I got it. I <laughs> you get got that it right. You did it. <laughs> I am so lucky that no guest has come on so far with an R that had to be rolled. I just need to put that oh. out there because <laughs> I cannot roll my R's for the life of me. I have practiced for hours and all the best it ever comes out as is a tongue click. Like. <laughs> Yeah. So thank you for not having any rolled R's. I mean, no maybe problem. if you say it, like it, it might, but Alexandra, I don't, I don't even remember if I said where you were from. I apologize. Yeah. Alexandra is San a, Diego. Oh no. I mean, oh. Alexandra is, oh. a, is a herpes <laughs> expert from life with herpes. I, yes. I, I got so sidetracked. Welcome to the positive productivity podcast where life is not perfect. And I forget what I'm trying to say midstream. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> it happens to all of us, right? It's it's part of the podcast. Oh, definitely. Alexandra, would you mind taking your introduction a little bit further and sharing more about your story and your journey and well, your life as an entrepreneur and as a podcaster with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to be here, Kim. So thank you for having me on your podcast. And yes, you got my last name correct, Harbushka. It was really tough in kindergarten to spell that, let me tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> with like, because you know, like your handwriting is so big in kindergarten that it didn't fit on one page. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I have a four-year-old. You can't even yeah. put like three letters on the same page. Yeah. Right, right. But anyways, yeah, so I I am the herpes expert. And I have to be honest, it's not anything I ever wanted to become an expert in, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I have a community and, and it's Life with Herpes is my podcast and, and my business. And I say to my community almost every day, hey, this is not a community that we wanted to join. No one really signs up and goes, hey, I want to be, I want to have genital herpes. Like, yes, sign me up for this right now. But at the end of the day, I look at it and go, hey, we're here, we have it, and let's make the most of it. And it does not have to ruin your life. It does not have to get in the way of really anything in your life as long as you don't let it. Um, so to back up a little bit, yeah, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. You know, that in itself has ups and downs, just like, you know, life, you know, and, and, and herpes and dating and sex and, and all of that fun stuff. So a trip to the grocery store has its ups and downs, but we managed to get through. <laughs> so let's make the it most did. of it, right? It did. Yeah. I, I did that this morning and you know what? It worked out. They discounted my lemons. Awesome. I know, right? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So that's kind of what I do. And, and, you know, I can remember when I found out I had genital herpes, 
I was devastated. I thought this would never happen to me. I thought, why, why me? Why not somebody else? Not that you ever want to put it on somebody else. Of course, that's not, I don't mean it in that way, but, but why me? You know, what, what happened? And I truly believe that at the time, all of my hopes, dreams, goals, life, desires, love, everything just poof disappeared. I, I really felt like time stood still and just that immediate when you get the phone call, I mean, I thought everything had come to an end. Everything I've worked for, you know, gone to college, got the great job out of college, you know, dated who I thought I was supposed to date, all of that stuff. I thought it just ended. And it's what I noticed from this is this is not uncommon and this is very typical. And this is not only typical, this is what happens when people find out that they are diagnosed with herpes. So I created this community to help people and be a guidance and let them know that life is not over. And just to give you some statistics, Kim, because if you're somebody that does not have herpes or even come in contact with herpes or anything like that, it's really, really common. So two out of three people, two out of three have herpes simplex virus one, that's HSV one, and that's commonly known as the oral herpes. And then one out of six have HSV, herpes simplex virus two, which is the genital herpes. So when you combine all that together, 80% of the population has herpes. Wow. I did not <laughs> realize that. Yeah, I know. And it's such a stigma. That's the other thing is it's such a stigma and nobody talks about it and we're all scared to talk about it. And we think that our life's over and we think that no one's going to date us or you get into an abusive relationship because of it, or you use it as a carrot to stay in a relationship. And I just don't want that to happen to anybody, you know? I mean, period, but don't use herpes as the scapegoat. I agree. And thank you so much for being out there for, not only for yourself, but for everybody else in your community who you're supporting. How long has thank it you. been since you found out that you had it? And what does your community look like today? Yeah. So I found out I had herpes, genital herpes in 2011. Um, it was the Friday before 4th of July. And I remember just my 4th of July weekend really sucked. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, it was devastating. So that was 2011. I was, let's see, I was 28 years old. And now moving forward, it's 2017, almost 2018, but I'm 35. And I think I had that math right. <laughs> it's okay. I know I'm 35, but I think I was 20. I always forget what age I was in 2011, but it was 2011. So, um, but now I'm 35. And, you know, I was a podcaster in a completely different topic, was in marketing, in mortgage marketing, which is like really boring. Wow. Yeah, really a lot of numbers. But I suddenly, you know, Kim, when you have that feeling in your stomach and you're like, I have to do this, but you don't know how. And you're, you're, you, you know that you have to talk, you have to tell someone and you know, this is your calling and you kind of get annoyed. You're like, man, oh, why? Like, why me? Why do I have to tell people this? Why, why was I the chosen one to, to go out there and create a podcast and break the stigma? Cause when I first was diagnosed, my college roommate said to me, she's like, Alexandra, you can do one of two things. You can do nothing and let it destroy your life or you can go out and change the world with it. And that I got so mad at her. I was like, what? Wow. No, why? And that stuck with me all those years. And it wasn't until February this year, I finally came out with it. 
And as soon as I came out with it, I had no idea this was going to branch off into a podcast. I had no idea this was going to branch off into a community. I just decided I needed to share it and I needed to tell the story. And as soon as I told the story, I had so many people coming to me saying either, thank you, I have it too. I felt so alone. Now I don't. Or B, wow, I didn't realize the epidemic and I didn't realize the stigma and I just didn't realize. Or C, thank you for sharing. I have a similar story, whatever it is. And it gave me the courage to tell my story. And so those are just the three little widgets or nuggets that came out of me sharing. And I thought, okay, I'm not the only one. And clearly, and this just needs to happen. This this needs to happen. And so I created the podcast, Life with Herpes, it was very bold. I have to be honest, I was scared. And talk about, you know, uh, productivity and being positive. There's days, and I know you get this, Kim, being an entrepreneur, um, you're like, okay, I'm so amped. I'm so ready. I'm working on this. And then there's other days, I'm like, ooh, do I really want to talk about herpes? Like, do I really want to be known as the herpes girl? Or as we were talking earlier, the herpes goddess, right? Right. Um, <laughs> like, do I really want this? And then I get so animated and so excited and feel so alive. And then you get that scared, like, but there's a stigma attached. And do I want to be known for the rest of my life with that stigma? And then I'm like, no, I have to do this. So talk about productivity. I mean, that was your, it, it was its own animal within it, within its own animal getting, I went through my own healing process for probably the like, you know, 50 second time, even launching this podcast in this business. So that was kind of a long answer to whatever, what, what you were asking here about where it's come. So I have yeah, to tell you though, I'm, I'm in that category C that you were sharing. Okay. A, B or C. Uh-huh. Because no, I don't, I don't have herpes, but, mm-hmm. or genital herpes, at least. I don't know about the oral kind, like, but I, I would have to yeah. assume I would know, but who knows? Maybe I wouldn't, maybe I need to be more educated. Right. But right. you have inspired me because, and I'm sort of mixed to even say this. I have to, we were, t- we are talking pre- recorded chat about how my uh-huh. my Mac is so full of podcasts. So I've been <laughs> I've been chain listening at two times speed all weekend. And somebody was talking about how to be a better communicator, you need to stop sharing your similar story. But hey, I guess it's my podcast so I can do what I want. But I was sitting here <laughs> thinking this weekend about a very personal struggle that I went through and how I want to help people who are going through the same thing. And on the flip side, I've been worried about actually going through with it because of the eyes and the ears and the judgment that will be out there. And well, I, I guess I have to share more about that now. My previous marriage was emotionally abusive to me and physically abusive to my boys. And okay. I had mentioned some things in my Instagram feed and my husband's new wife would say things to my boys about how I'm lying about, you know, things that happen. I have no reason to lie. It may not be that way for her, but I know what it was like for me. And I want to help people who are in that situation, but there's always that fear of judgment. So I commend you for pushing through. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you have it in you too, Kim. I actually started (laughs) writing the book this weekend, but it was still fear out there. Like, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I hope that you haven't been through anything like this, but there was a day that I posted something in a, or I responded to a Facebook post or in a group, I think. And I said something about being in a abusive marriage before. And there was a part of my mouth, but there was a smart ass who responded. Oh yeah. Like this is the first time we have ever communicated. So there's always going to be haters. And I know that 
Mm -hmm. There's just people who don't think before they talk or before they comment or people who think they know everything. And I, I just commend you for what you're doing because I know that there's just a world of bullies who are insecure in themselves and don't know how to do anything with that insecurity and don't know where to go and get personal development. So they lash out. And I'm, and I'm sure that life with herpes is a target sometimes. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. You know, it's very interesting. I've not had anything happen to my face. And with that being said, I know that there is gossip behind my back, but I've never heard it. But I look at it as no matter what you do, and I'm just making these statistics up in general, but whatever you say, 50% of the people are going to like it and 50% of the people are not, right? No matter what. So you might as well be you and not try to, you know, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with what you're saying. Not everybody, they may not like your your height. Your, you could be too tall, too short, too, too strong, not strong enough, wrong age. You could be a girl and they want a boy or whatever it is, right? So 50% of the time, nobody nobody's going to be happy. That sounds and like there's dinner time in my house. Half the, half, half the part that's happy <laughs> and half the part that's not happy with you. Yep. <laughs> It's, I can understand with five kids. <laughs> yeah, I am a stepmom to, um, I have a, a little uh, 12-year-old little girl that I'm a stepmom to. And most of the time she likes the dinner, but um, I, I get it. <laughs> it's like, oh. Well, I have to tell you, 90% of the time that I cook, my kids don't want to eat it. So actually my 15-year-old has just started asking what we're having for dinner and when he can start <laughs> cooking it. That's great. That's great. He can take it on. Yep, absolutely. No, but you're totally right. And early on in in this line of my business, because I I guess it's the first part, or it's the I was a serial entrepreneur, and I know you started really early too. What selling drawings at age four, door to door? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I decided that I was going to draw these books. So like my drawings and then I sold them outside our house. When people walked by, I would sell them like my my books, my drawing books, which were probably horrible. And then I also did a lot of lemonade stands. I was I totally crushed it on the lemonade stands. Oh my gosh. I better make sure that my four-year-old doesn't or maybe I should actually encourage her to listen to this because she will totally be out there selling her yeah. index card books of drawings next summer. And it's yeah, and nobody wants them, right? Like, it's not something you want to buy unless you're the mm-hmm. mom or the grandmother or like grandparents, you know, like they're so oh, totally stoked to get their, their kids' drawings. But absolutely. They, I think people are just so compassionate and they see the drive of a child and they're like, you know what? It's going to make your day for this 25 cents I'm going to give you. And here you go. And it, it does, it builds the confidence. But back to you, our, our stories, Kim. And, and yeah, I think at the end of the day, everybody has a story. They're, I don't want to use ashamed of, but they're scared of. And whether we created the story, whether like it was something we physically put ourselves in, like it would be for, and what I mean for that as an example, if if you were a drug addict, Absolutely. like the drugs didn't make you take them. Like you decided to become a drug addict, right? By, by initially taking them. In your situation, in my situation, I'm not saying that we're victims, but I'm saying it was circumstantial. So 
whether again, you put yourself in that situation or not, these are all lessons and stories that I believe we are supposed to learn and we're supposed to go through. And through that, it's either going to, you know, help you become a, a better mom. Uh, 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 not that, I mean, not that you need to be a better mom, Kim. <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. Oh, I do. It's going to help need to you. learn to cook <laughs> or hire someone who can. <laughs> right. But do you know what I mean? It's the lessons that will help you teach teach people or learn for yourself. So with that being said, I know that we all have that story that we are so terrified that if anybody knew, you think you would absolutely faint or fall or have a heart attack telling. And it's that little story that makes you that makes you human. And it's that little story that makes you different from the next person. And it's that little story that allows you to connect with your community and allows you to connect with your audience, whatever that story is. Now, you don't have to be like us and decide you're going to do a podcast or write a book or talk about it, you know, but it's that little story that really allows you to connect with other people. Because I feel that at this point in, because of social media, because of the media and all that, we're so tired of the Barbie and Ken lifestyle, right? Keeping up with the Joneses or the, thank you, <laughs> you know, the leave it to beavers, the Barbie and Ken, whatever you want to call it. And that's just not life. You know, for all we know, the leave it to beavers had genital herpes, but they never talked about it. Or for all we know that it was abuses behind closed doors, but that was never shown. So that's just... It's life. This is nothing is new that you and I are talking about. This has been happening for since man started walking this earth. And it's just let's let's stop keeping it secret and let's let's I'm not saying you need to get, you know, blast it out the window driving down the road and be, you know, to the point where it's obnoxious, but you know, tell your story and get really comfortable with your uncomfortable. Do you think that we're going to start to see a lot more bigger. And I hate to say it this way because it could sound bad, but I know what I'm trying to say. So yeah. maybe this is just foot and mouth, but bigger and better personal brands being built purely off of experience instead of preconceived notions on what, what we think that we should be building. Yeah. Based off experience, like for example, me having general herpes opposed to me going and becoming a doctor and then helping people as a doctor, or is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, because I started my, in this round of entrepreneurship, listeners, if you can hear that, that is my chair squeaking. That is not me farting. Just being totally transparent here. Um, I, I, can't, I, started, I can't hear it. So I think it's fantastic. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was so bad. Like every time I move a side story really fast, I have a six, over six foot tall, 15 year old. And the chair that I bought him for his desk was too narrow and it just wasn't comfortable for him. So he took my nice ergonomic quiet desk chair and I got the squeaky thing from an unnamed big box store. Okay. So it's not ideal for podcasters. Maybe Santa will bring me something different. Anyway, yeah. I started my, this round of entrepreneurship as a virtual assistant. And for the first three and a half years, I was chasing income and mm -hmm. I was, you know, watching all these trainings and doing what everybody else was doing and trying to do it myself and build income off of that. And then there was just this big click that happened because I was going through my own anxiety and depression and realized that something needed a change. And that's really about the time that positive productivity came to be was because I realized that so many people are also going through the same thing mm -hmm. where 
were growing anxious and depressed watching Barbie and Ken mm-hmm. and all these big launch stories, which may be false. And we're putting ourselves into this anxious, depressed hole where we're not sleeping and we're not taking care of ourselves. And really dark things can happen there. And the, it's not the same as herpes, but really dark things can happen. Yeah. yeah. It's worse than herpes. I think herpes is not that big of a deal, but yeah, the mind game you play with yourself is far worse. Absolutely. I may have shared this on the podcast, but uh, yeah, actually I did. I just can't remember what episode, but I was pretty close to actually killing myself just because of that route, like that Mm -hmm. low. And that's when I realized it really needed a change. Right. And so I love what you're doing. You're out there helping people and you're using your own experiences to improve the community around you. Where do you see this going in the next couple of years? Do you have a vision? I do. You know, I, so there's no one talking about herpes and you look at the media and you look at, okay, we, we have a breast cancer walk, you know, we have breast cancer awareness, we have prostate, we have the Movember mustache, you know, we have all of these things. We have cervical cancer, we have lung cancer, we have, you know, there's movements for all this. There's AIDS, you know, we, we have Magic Johnson, right? I mean, high five to him for beating AIDS. And herpes is looked at as you are scum lower than the scum in a porta potty right? If you have herpes, that's who you are. And that's how it's perceived in movies. It's perceived in jokes and in just my group, we were just chatting. I think they were watching The Office. And one of the jokes on The Office was about herpes. And, you know, it's it's just the scum. And it's just, I don't want to even use the word, it's not fair because I hate using that. It's not fair, but it, it's not fair. And there's so many people living with it. And so ideally, I would love to be the spokesperson for genital herpes. I would love to get the awareness out there. I would love to create, you know, a big walk. I would love to create or a run or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, I would love to just absolutely get the message out there, A, on how do you prevent it, right? Because, I mean, of course, you don't sign up for it, right? It's like nobody wants to get sick when you, like you don't sign up to get the flu. You don't sign up to get the cold. So we know how to prevent getting the flu and the cold, right? You wash your hands and things like that. Um, But nobody, we're not really talking about how do you prevent passing herpes once you have it? How do you prevent getting it? Are there ways to prevent getting it? And then what happens when you really are diagnosed with it? Is your life really over? Because I can honestly tell you it's not. You know, you're absolutely capable of being, you know, I hear people saying, I, I'll never be a parent or I don't want to take baths with my kids, my, my infants, because I think I'll pass it to them or I don't want to cuddle with them in bed because I think I'll pass it to it. And I'm just going, oh my goodness, you need to enjoy life. Like this is not a death sentence. You know, this is not a curse. You didn't do anything wrong. You're absolutely right. And, the, yeah. it, and it is so unfair that there is that I am just going to call it a joke because I don't remember if it was friends or it was some other TV show. I remember somebody got a modeling spot. Yeah, actually, I think it was friends where Joey had a a modeling shot where he was in a herpes ad. I have herpes (laughs) or something. And and it got him turned down for dates because people actually thought that he had it. Okay. Yeah. That it's not fair because that was my exposure to herpes. Right. All of us. Until I met you. And that was like 20 years ago. So, and it wasn't a good exposure because it only gave the view of, okay, his dating life is ruined because he pretended he had herpes in a modeling spot, but it, they weren't even given the other side. 
Right. So let's talk about the other side, because you've had some amazing things happen in your life just in the past couple of months. So for I did. I I just got married. Yeah, (laughs) I did. Yeah. And that's a question I get asked all the time is, does your husband really like you're, you're telling me he really doesn't care? And I get this almost daily from my community, whether it's an email or a message, you know, so you're they're like, you're really like you're really serious and telling me that he doesn't care or like you're telling me that it's really possible for him to love you unconditionally. Like this is mind boggling to people that your life can still go on. You still can date. Um, You still I mean, there are conversations you have to have, but you should have been having these conversations already. You know what I mean? Like you should have already been practicing safe sex. Like people look at this and they go, oh, well, now I have to use a condom. And I want to say to them, well, you should always be using a condom because it's protecting you and protecting that person. Like that's what's sexier than that. You know, like you're you're being really honest and wanting to protect their health. But back to I totally got off subject. I got all heated about that. But yeah, but you're so right. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. (laughs) But but yeah, I, I just got married and it was wonderful and amazing. And, you know, people ask, again, people ask me all the time, he really doesn't care. I'm like, nope. He, he really doesn't. He loves me for me. And that's completely possible. And it's, I was listening to your interview with uh, Jane. I can't think of her last name, but the um, happy endings. Yep. Gwen. Yes. And how you said that you wrote down everything that you want in a man and a partner and you literally got every single thing. And that is completely possible for anybody, whether you have herpes or don't have herpes. You know, it doesn't matter. You could have 11 toes and you could use that you have 11 toes instead of 10 toes as your life's over because you have 11 toes. Like you you can use whatever this is to give yourself a glass ceiling and, and to give yourself and, and, and to hold yourself back. Um, but until you absolutely put it forward and, and get what you want, get the job you want, get the lover that you want, get the lifestyle that you want, get the health that you want, have the income coming in that you want, People use herpes as a scapegoat or whatever their story is. Back to that story. We all have that story. In my particular community, it's herpes. One of my previous bosses is HIV positive, if not full-blown AIDS. And he Mm -hmm. has had a number of relationships, but they all knew. And they Mm -hmm. all, it was unconditional love. And you're right. It's so out there. But I think, unfortunately, for a lot of men and women, they get themselves into a, well, it's never going to get better than this. You know, I'm, this is what I just have to get used to. And mm-hmm. it's not even just about relationships. It's economic status. Well, I was born mm-hmm. in a trailer park, so I'm just always going to be in a trailer park. You know, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't need to be that way. We just need to be, we just need to know that there, the world is open for whatever we want out of it. Absolutely. And and vice versa. You also can't rest on your laurels because just because you were the high school quarterback doesn't mean that you're always going to be the high school quarterback. So to flip that, the reverse side, Kim, like you were saying, yeah, you don't have to stay in the situation that you're in. It's up to you to make that change or to stay where you are. And if you stay with you where you are, then that's where you want to stay. Oh, you've got me thinking about Romy and Michelle's high school reunion right now, which I think I've only <laughs> seen once or twice because it's just not my style of movie. But I remember right. that the high school football players and then the cheerleaders and just when they get to the reunion, I mean, that's where the girls were trying to live up to. And then they're just not all that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. One of my former clients, and we still get along very well. We just have gone our separate ways. Kim Becking, she found out when she was very young in her 30s that she had breast cancer. 
and she had a mastectomy. Mm. And shortly after her high school sweetheart or college sweetheart, I can't remember which, she found out that he was cheating on her with her best friend. Oh. If you go to kimbecking.com, listeners, you can you can read all about her. But she ended up writing a book about her breast cancer experience. It was a collaboration with a couple of her college friends who also got it. But then she went on and she found her love too. And mm-hmm. just like, well, not just like, I mean, it's different, but it is sort of the same. You know, she had breast augmentation surgery and she still found a man who loves her dearly. It doesn't matter, you right. know, it doesn't if matter. she has breasts or not. And it's something that I've sort of joked about with my husband, even though it's not a joke. I was like, well, would you still love me if I didn't have boobs? And he's like, well, I love you. It doesn't matter if you have boobs or not. Right. My husband is a boobs guy. I just had to put it out there. <laughs> but, you know, I know that he's here for my heart and for me and not for anything that happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I tell people in my community. I'm like, hey, the good news is you get the jerks out of the way. The people that are too superficial or too scared to get to know you because you have herpes, good, good riddance. I saved you a night out or it saved you a really bad breakup or it saved you, you know, you got to have you time. <laughs> you yeah, absolutely. It sounds, I don't mean to make a joke out of this, but you know, in high school, we all heard about the boys who didn't want to wear a condom because it just didn't feel so good. Well, right. Get over it. Just put it on and live and love and laugh and not at herpes. I mean, but yeah, I would even go a step further and get tested because that's really, 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 really condom or no condom. It's knowing, of course, wear a condom, but it's knowing if you have it or don't have it. And I think that's where in, in my situation with the community is so many people didn't know they had it just because they were too scared to get tested. Mm. or they didn't know what it was, or they convinced their mind that it was, oh, I must have nicked myself shaving as a female, or it was an ingrown hair from getting waxed. Or for a guy, it was like, oh, I must have got it, you know, like got stuck in the zipper or something, you know, like you tell yourself a story to convince yourself that it's not herpes. But yeah, I'd go a step further and say, yeah, it's for for STDs and, and just your health, get tested, go to the doctor because that prevents you. You don't, nobody wants to pass it to anybody knowingly. I don't think, I mean, I don't think you ever want to give it to somebody unless you're really not a good person, a healthy, yeah, a good person. And I guess there are those people out there, but in general, I think we, we the more moral, we all have the moral, hopefully that is like, gosh, I would never want to knowingly give this to you. So I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to get tested. I'm going to know what it is going into it. But we just, we're, we're too, like you said, it's not comfortable to wear the condom or it's too embarrassing to buy a condom or I don't want to get the stares when I go to check out at, at CVS. I don't want people to know I'm having sex. Well, it's way less embarrassing than, you know, either having an unwanted pregnancy or ending up with an STD or STI that you now have for the rest of your life. There should be a permit for having sex. Totally. Actually, yes. I, I <laughs> To be a, a parent, actually, I think that should be yeah, a permit too. Actually, I don't mean this in the cussing way, but I heard sometime in the last year or two that the... I'm afraid that there's kids listening and there was no disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, but F-U-C-K actually stood for fornication under consent of the king. Yes. Yes, that's and true. If you're not grown up enough to take a venture down the condom aisle, then you shouldn't be having sex in the first place. You're not mature enough for it. Nope. On so many levels. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. We have to have a license to drive. We have to have a license to get married. We have to, we have to have a license to have our business. We have to have, you go into contract to live in your home, whether you rent or buy. Um, you have to sign your kids up to go to school. There's some type of a contract, right? Like legally your kids have to go to school, but you're right. There is no license to have sex, which that is, that creates life. Right. Or children, which sometimes <laughs> I think is so unfortunate. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Right. Alexandra, this has been completely enlightening and mind-blowing. And I know, I mean, completely off topic from what you're doing, I'm going to proceed with my book idea. So thank you. Yeah, thank do you it. Thank you so much. Do Where it. can listeners connect with you online and get in touch? So I would love, I, I welcome you, even if you're, if you don't have herpes and you're like, I don't know what this is all about. Come check it out. Go to lifewithherpes.com and just kind of see what's going on and learn about herpes or listen to the podcast, Life with Herpes, if you're like, I have actually, believe it or not, Kim, I have a huge demographic of people that do not have herpes, yet they love listening to the podcast. And that always is mind-boggling to me. I'm like, really? You want to know all about it? And they do. They just want to know what it's like and they want to know maybe to prevent it. I'm not sure, but I, I think it's great. And I do have some gifts for your audience and for your community, Kim. Um, So go to lifewithherpes.com forward slash positive and not positive for herpes, but positive for the podcast. (laughs) We didn't think about that one, did we? (laughs) I thought about that. I did for a second and I was like, well, maybe I'm the only one that saw it. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, go to that. And there are some downloads and some fun things for you. Ebooks I've written, you know, the five things I wish I had known before I had herpes. A lot of it are old wives tales or misconceptions that like Kim and I were just talking, you know, back to the friends episode or the, you know, like that was our perception of people with herpes or what herpes was. So anyways, go to lifewithherpes.com forward slash positive and I also have a free coaching session for you. So if that is something, if you just were diagnosed or you are waiting for the results, you are, I'm sure, in an absolute panic. I've been there and it's scary. So reach out. I seriously reach out. I am here and the community is here. That is so extremely generous. Thank you so much. Listeners, if you are driving or on the elliptical or just somewhere where you can't write that down, you can visit thekimsutton.com forward slash pp222 to get show notes and links and eventually a transcription of our whole conversation. I'm a little bit backlogged right now, I have to admit. But Alexandra, thank you so much again. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Do you have a piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Yes, I think I've given a lot of my golden nuggets, um, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm out of nuggets off the top of my head. But I think what I would just say is don't judge someone until you've walked in their shoes. So if you are looking to date someone and and they tell you they have herpes or you find out about it, ask questions. Don't assume. Assuming is probably the worst thing you can do. And do your due diligence. Find out really what it means and what it means for you. And whether we're talking about herpes or not, whether you're dating someone and they say, I'm $500,000 in debt, okay, find out what that means. What does that mean for you? So just do your due diligence in life. Don't assume. Just see how it affects you and or how it doesn't affect you. And if you love that person unconditionally, then enjoy. There's nothing better than love. Enjoy. Enjoy.